Here's a message from today's episode's sponsor. Long-term care pharmacies are always on the hunt for ways to scale their business and ensure they're a solutions partner for their nursing home and skilled facility customers. Now, with the aging baby boomer generation projected to increase the number of Americans ages 65 and older from 46 million to more than 95 million by 2060, the demand for long-term care has never been greater, and neither have the growth opportunities for LTC pharmacies. Framework LTC is a long-term care pharmacy software designed to improve scale Scalability. This platform is incredibly effective for scaling your LTC pharmacy business. It starts with your workflow management, designed around your operations. Framework LTC was designed with long-term care intricacies in mind, which provide a number of different features unavailable with a retail pharmacy software. Framework LTC helps to accomplish these seven critical categories. Streamlined workflows, automated manual tasks, custom services to meet unique needs of different facilities, gain better visibility into your operations, make data-driven decisions, curb your billing complexities, and manage new services. Learn more at frameworkltc.com. That's frameworkltc.com. You're listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Sex PharmD podcast with your host, Dr. Nadia Archambault, licensed clinical pharmacist and certified sex therapist. With a focus on women's sexual health and wellness, Dr. A is here to cover important health topics and answer all of your questions about subjects that can be applied to pharmacy practice. And now, here's Dr. A. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy Podcast Network's Sex PharmD. Welcome back. Today's guest I have is a concierge pharmacist. She goes by Dr. Sue, and you're definitely going to enjoy listening to this one. Hi, Dr. Sue. Welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on here. And you do so many really interesting things, and I love that you go by concierge pharmacist. So tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Oh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. And first off, I just have to say, I'm so excited for our conversation and for being on this um, this platform. I think it's super cool what you're doing, especially in this space and the topic. It's such a very taboo topic to discuss. And I love that you're able to do champion this area and you're so comfortable with discussing it. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's fun. I have fun with it. <laughs> So you said concierge pharmacist, like right before our discussion, we were trying to figure out my role. And I guess I have many hats right now, but the main one would be concierge pharmacist. Um, I have a PGX practice where I see patients or clients individually and help with um, PGX testing. And I also have collaborative practices with physicians as well, where I implement PGX um, services there. And recently I just published a children's book. So that's my newest project I'm working on. And that's the one I'm super excited to tell you about. Yeah. So the, um, the book, I know I've seen some of it on 
LinkedIn. And, and you know what, just to rewind a little, for those of our listeners, most of them know what PGX is, but what does PGX mean for the listeners that don't? So PGX, pharmacogenomics, it's a really long word that I had to learn the definition of. <laughs> yes. I don't know how to say it because it is a very complex topic, but it is something that's so important and vital to the way we practice in pharmacy and, you know, prescribe medicine. And I'm really, really excited to explain that. It's basically using your genetics or using your genetic makeup to help clients get the right medications based on that information. And working in retail pharmacy, I've seen so many patients go through um, so many different changes in their medications and their regimens based off of cost, um, trial and error. And I saw such a need for this to be implemented into service. And it, it's it's a necessity that I think that's for, that should be a part of patient care and giving this opportunity to patients and having prescribers use this technology is really, really um, new type, uh, very important in um, prescribing. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's still fairly new. I did the training myself. It was pretty involved. Mm -hmm. It was hard. Um, and, and, you know, as far as medication therapy management for patients, this is definitely, Mm -hmm. definitely on the cutting edge of medicine, as far as I'm concerned. And, Mm -hmm. and it's amazing that us as pharmacists can, can be a part of it, you know? I mean, it's, it seems like a very difficult topic to understand or grasp, but being pharmacists, we are able to to understand and see how these medications are relatable to patient care because we study all this in pharmacy school or it's it's embedded into our studies, but mm-hmm. it just has a specific name or a course, PGX, pharmacogenomics, and we're very familiar with it, but diving down deep into what exactly it is, it's basically our bodies are different, right? We have different genetics, we have different DNA, and we break medications down differently. No two person is alike, and you can metabolize the medicine one way, I'll metabolize it differently. And that would in turn have a different effect on how we break medications down. So knowing this information ahead of time, along with other factors, physicians can help tailor medications properly and give them to the patients and have such a greater outcome in patient mm-hmm. care. Absolutely. So what prompted you to get into this? Where, where did you start your pharmacy career? Most of us are not doing anything that we started doing <laughs> you know, so, now. You write so. how changes and the path just becomes from it's no longer A to Z. It's like all ups and downs, Mm -hmm. but you know, you just have to be very receptive to what's your surrounding, what you, what you're practicing, what, what you like in your field or what you see that there's a need for a change. And using that information, I started off majority of my um, career has been in retail pharmacy and I, you know, it has its rough days. I mean, there's difficulties in every areas of um, any type of work um, force, but retail pharmacy particularly, I I actually liked it. I liked the 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 the, the craziness. I liked the changes. I liked the customers, and it was it was difficult at times. But you know, I just managed, and I just kind of just went along the flow and just said, you know, this is I guess life for just 
you know, you just have to deal with it, right? I don't know if a lot of people would say that. You also have several children, correct? So you're you're used to organized chaos, I would imagine. <laughs> I guess maybe that's that's helped along the way. I have five little ones. Yeah. And I guess I became numb to like all the things that were going on in pharmacy. So that definitely helped in preparing me to to deal with all the craziness there. But you know, towards COVID, the end and towards COVID and that just happening, it really shined the light in the patient care. And I said, mm-hmm. if I want to be the change in pharmacy or want something different, either I could complain about it or just start something and do something differently. So I started off and I created a platform and Pharmacy. And I started posting a couple of videos, just educational, a couple of different um, definitions, basic pharmacy terms like refills, what's a prescription, insurance, very basic. And it was starting to get traction. I was getting lots of feedback from um, the sources I was posting online, mostly on Instagram, YouTube. Mm So I took it a bit further and I went a little bit deeper into explaining like what is pharmacogenomics, what is PGX and explaining complex topics like like um, that. And I was getting a lot more questions and it was it was growing and I didn't expect it to. I just did it for fun. And towards um, I would say last year, early last year, 2022, I was recognized um, for being a pharmacy influencer. And I guess it just spiraled from there, like one after the other. And getting that recognition and being appreciated by my customers and um, clients, colleagues, Mm -hmm. that was uh, was a tremendous um, gratitude I felt. So I said, it is being acknowledged and is being receptive by so many different sources that might as well build something from this. So I just took it from there one step after the next. And I love it. I love how it's um, changing. Every day is a different day. I feel like, you know, you make it your own and you, you see a vision in something and you just grow from there. Yeah. And I love that. No, I think it's awesome. And I love that you have a, you have a good amount of followers. You've got like, I saw you have like 28,000 or something like, I mean, that's a good amount. You know, I mean, I feel like pharmacy is not like something people are always interested in or looking up. You have a good following. That's awesome. It's funny. I went to the grocery store the other day and I was shopping online. I noticed the the cashier. She was looking at me and she's like, you're Dr. Sue. And I'm like, Ah. I'm thinking, do I have my name badge on? Do I have something on that says who I am? And she's like, I saw you online. And I was like, I follow you. And I like, your content is so cool. And I like... Like it was like at that moment, I realized like, okay, it's coming into, it's in the public world now. It's in the eyes of the public. So I know it's so cool. Like um, outside recognition, but I mean, I'm not doing it for the recognition part, just the education part, because sometimes these things that were us as professionals and being in this Mm -hmm. um, pharmacy, we think that the information that we know is so common or, you know, everyone knows it, but not everyone is aware of all these um health topics or not questioning what their doctor says they just call you know like when we get those questions like the patient calls and says I want the refill for the white pill or the yellow pill like no one even knows what medications they're taking or what it's for or what side effects is what could they do to to get themselves to a better place but it's just more patient advocacy and patient care so yeah that's one of my biggest um things that I educate patients on and understanding their use of their medications because it's so important that you understand that. 
Absolutely. And you're reaching patients through social media. I mean, it's the way to do it now. It's fantastic. It's That's like great. The I never think of before that would be something that you would be interested in, but it's the coolest thing. So, I mean, it's yeah. different platforms. Each one is tailored to like different um, clients and ages. And there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And it's funny, you see like one person on one platform, they have different content than the other. So it's changing. Yeah. Able to suit different needs. So it's yeah, great. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into the pharmacogenomics piece, mm-hmm. so, and how it can apply to sexual health. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that, you know, for one example, you know, some people are on antidepressants and I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen patients who are on antidepressants because some of, you know, the, it, their sexual health is, is affected by their mental mm-hmm. status, of course, you know? So, um, so explain to our listeners how some of this can be implemented as far as the pharmacogenomics piece and what you've seen in your practice as it affects medications used for sexual health. That's a great question. I mean, it's, you'll be surprised the amount of antidepressants that is being prescribed in the retail setting in a number of different settings. Many patients are on antidepressants and not many of them are on the right antidepressant. And that has such a big implication as far as drug genome implication um, interactions. If you're not on the right antidepressant, that would cause many side effects. You'll have um, a number of different things from, it would have interactions as far as knowing which metabolite, which metabolism that you fall under. If either you could greatly be a great a slow metabolizer, you could mm-hmm. be a fast metabolizer, which would in turn either produce higher concentrations of the medicine in your body or lower concentrations. Maybe the medicine might work for you or maybe it won't work for you. So if you're going to have an overdose or higher concentration of the medicine in your body, you're going to have side effects and side effects would in turn cause a lot of um, sexual health concerns, decreased libido, there's um, erectile dysfunction, Mm -hmm. um, different things that would be low, um, that would be impacted by that definitely. Yeah, like some people have high anxiety, so they're on an antidepressant also to help with that. And that affects their, you know, like it can be performance anxiety even Mm -hmm. um, with some patients. And, you know, the female sex organ, I always say, is the brain starts there Mm -hmm. for women. So, and and this is interesting because sometimes antidepressants can help, but then other ones like the SSRIs can Mm -hmm. lower, you know, they can decrease libido. So it's important yeah. to know what kind of metabolizer they are. So for those listening, so if you're a fast metabolizer, uh-huh. you're you're going uh, you're going through the drug quickly, if you want yes. to put it in those terms. And so yeah. you need a higher dose, correct? Yeah. And you wouldn't so, think that yeah. a person like for uh, for example, one person might need 100 milligrams, but because of your metabolism rate, you might need 200 milligrams. Mm-hmm. So knowing this information or at least a little bit, a snippet of understanding this ahead of time, prescribers are able to adjust your medications and therapy. So yeah, it, it's a great insight into knowing how to dose medications as well. No, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as far as contraceptives, so hormonal contraceptives for women, mm-hmm. um, it's very interesting 
how that can, you know, our, just the testing, the PGX testing, pharmacogenomics testing can help mm -hmm. identify those genetic variations that may affect how they metabolize that. Of course. You know? yeah. That's yeah, another great point. I mean, it all plays a part. It's no longer just one system review. It's no longer just, I'm going to see the heart doctor and just deal with all cardiac effect, um, side effects or um, treatments and just keep it separated. It's not going to interact with this other system. It all plays together. What All your systems are connected. So you have to put mm -hmm. the entire puzzle together and look at everything. So yeah. it's interesting how everything works and falls into place, right? Yeah. So, I mean, depending on what kind of metabolizer someone is on a hormonal contraceptive, they could... Mm -hmm they could be at higher risk for blood clotting, right? If, you know, if yeah. their levels are much higher and that could be dangerous for a lot of, a lot of women. That's so commonly with yeah. um, contraception. So, I mean, different cases, there are other predetermining factors, but that does play a great um, um, factor in determining those drug genome interactions there for yeah. sure. Yeah. Now on the male side, have you seen anything with testosterone with PGX testing? Yeah, same thing. It falls under, I mean, they're all hormonal. Yeah. It's a, so it definitely plays a, a fact in um, determining that as well. So all of that plays, um, it, it all comes together. And, you know, having lower libido, there's going to be um, energy, different. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know erectile dysfunction medications. Mm -hmm. That's another one, you know, that's important for. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, any, if you, if there's too much in the system, it can cause, I, I mean, I, if I remember correctly, the headaches, vision changes, mm -hmm. you know, that can, that can be a factor also. Um, so as far as when someone gets the testing done, explain how mm. it goes from start to finish. So a patient's doctor orders blood work for them to get the test. So it's actually very simple. And okay. So think that it, it's not that complex let's put it this way. We all went through or most likely have done a COVID test. It's way simpler than that. You would have, um, the doctor would uh, order the test or the pharmacist, mm -hmm. depending on who you're working with. And it's a very simple process. You would swab the inside of the mouth, collect the sample, send it back to the lab, and you'll most likely wait around seven to 14 days. And the results will be sent back over to the practitioner. And you have about a 20 something page report that it turns back and that's the fun part where you go through all the information you know dig through all that information and just decide how to plan accordingly and come up with a care plan for the patient so that's where that's the entire process basically there yeah so you review that lab report mm -hmm. correct yes. okay and then do you do a call with the patient to go over that or do you do a call with the prescriber Depending on what we decided in the beginning, either we could do a call to just patients, um, mm -hmm. I would give the information to them, or if they want more of an in-depth um, care, I would reach out to, to the uh, physician and have mm -hmm. a care plan determined there for them as well. And most of these are done remotely. There are some patients who are referred to do face-to-face, -face, but you know, like with telehealth and everything moving to that direction, it's mostly remote. Which Isn't is that great? Cool. It's so great. It makes it's it so much more accessible for people. Right? It's changed the yeah. world. Make it very convenient for everyone. Absolutely. <laughs> so you offer these services as an independent contractor. Are you, um, mm -hmm. and I, I saw on your website and uh, you also 
are able to do a train help any type of pharmacies or pharmacists on how to do this? So what I do is I, if I choose to do it independently, it would be just concierge services. Okay. So patient clients will reach out directly to myself and then we would set up a contract depending what, what their needs are. We would go over a discussion and see what is, what what are they looking for? Either they want just overall health or wellness, or we have to define their needs because they have to have their um, understanding of what their determination of health is. And once we determine there, we would just either go forth with discussing their medications and how to use them properly, correctly, indications, what is each one being used for um, particularly. And if it determines that in time, then we would go further to do a PGX testing. And and if they want, we could also provide information to their physician and maintain a constant um, communication to determine where they're going to end up as far as therapy. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you definitely take a holistic approach to everything. I see you do functional medicine Mm -hmm. in addition (laughs) to the pharmacogenomics. It's fantastic. As far Mm -hmm. as sexual health goes, have you seen, have you had any patients that uh, have come to you with, with questions on how to help them, maybe like some type of supplement or nutrition program. That's actually one of my underlying, I think they don't come out directly saying this is the concern because not everyone Mm -hmm. is comfortable saying Mm -hmm. that this is what I'm going through. I have, I have low libido. I have trouble in X, Y, Z or whatever the case may be. Not everyone's comfortable discussing things like this. So being a pharmacist and being able to be connected or comfortable with your patient client um, um, relationship, you determine through discussions that what is the, what's going on with your client. So the main population that I do see are patients who are on antidepressants, who are, have anxiety underlying mm. in that um, disease state. And you, you use your clinical judgment and you notice that they're suffering because they're not on the right therapy or they're going back and forth or they're being over-medicated or whatever was going on because there's so many different reasons. And we have to use our knowledge and clinical judgment to see that that what is going on with your patient and how to help them. Yeah, no, it really is. It's so important. And I love your motto you have on your website. It shouldn't be a pill for an ill. <laughs> That's great. It's true. It's you it's know, so true. like, especially in retail, someone would come up to you and they would ask, uh, you know, I'm going, I have a headache and they wouldn't leave or they wouldn't mm-hmm. be comfortable just going through or understanding that not every symptom needs to be treated with medicine. Could it be that maybe you didn't sleep or you didn't eat or whatever it might be going on or you're, um, stressed about something but some some patients they they feel so much more comfortable knowing that they're going to take something but it's educating them that there's other ways that you could understand and treat yourself without medicine and my text used to laugh at me when I was working that I I would always recommend ginger ale to my patients and I was Mm. (laughs) every time they would come the ginger ale would be sold out because they're everyone's buying that (laughs) for Mm -hmm. for curing themselves but you know, a lot of our symptoms or the things we're trying to treat is you're able to take care of that. And just with doing a couple of minor changes or adjustments to our, our day-to-day activities. Yeah, no. And I, you know, we see that so much with 
with patients where mental status is so important, you know, and I think it gets overlooked a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's always, you know, they, they figured they'll just take a pill for everything, but yeah. there's so many other things you have to do to mm-hmm. get back there, you know, and, in COVID I've seen, there's so much, I feel like everyone, it just increased anxiety for a lot of people. People were alone, mm-hmm. isolated, and it really took a toll mentally on a lot of people. And it doesn't help too with our society just being very geared to like driven to always want instant gratification and want an instant fix. Mm-hmm. Not everything is going to be instantly taken care of. Sometimes there's a process and understanding how your body works and getting your patient to be understanding of that and aligned to that will definitely help. So that's one of the things I'm greatly stressed with my um, clients when I work with them. Yeah. Now, as as far as resources go for anyone out there who's um, interested in pharmacogenomics and what are some good ones for you and and where did you do your training? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I I definitely there's so many interesting you know information out there, but I knowing we technically have all the information we need you know, as pharmacists going through mm-hmm. pharmacy school, this is part of our course and our curriculum. We went through pharmacokinetics, pharmacodynamics. So we know this already, but one of the greatest, I can't rave enough about this, but I took um, PGX 101 with um, Sue Paul and Dan, and that was an amazing highlight to giving you information and factual, like in-depth information to the University of Pittsburgh. And that was a really amazing mm. course. And then I went further. I went and I did the PGX Confidence Academy with Jamie Wilkie. That, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that was like light bulbs just keep going mm. off. Every time I would go through a next section or a different course, a module, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. I loved that course. It was just the pharmacists that I met through there. They've been super helpful, amazing. And they're doing so many, so many different things. I would never even think about doing, but they're owning this space and creating so many opportunities within it and just shedding light that this exists and that you could definitely create something and build out of it because of your passion and your love for um, helping patients ultimately, right? Yeah. So those are definitely the ones they see. There's many um, other programs out there. There's master's programs if you want to go further and just go really, really um, dive deep into it. But those were the two that I um, I personally have taken and I love. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's, I feel like there's a lot more out there now for pharmacists with with the training, which is great, you know? Yes. I mean, I, you know, like I said earlier, you could either complain about not being happy where you are, or you're mm-hmm. just going to look for an opportunity to exist and create a space for yourself. Because if you don't do it, you're just going to sit on that idea and just let it go by and just I always wonder like, what if, or could mm-hmm. this have or maybe this would have worked. And when someone else comes up with it, you're like, wow, that's amazing. That's great and wonderful. And I've particularly seen that um, with the many things that pharmacists are doing in our space. And it's funny, we had a recent um, article come up with a pharmacy shortage that was um, published all throughout. And I think pharmacists everywhere were so, so upset about that. I remember reading it. I was like, mm-hmm. absolutely like, like seriously there's no pharmacist shortage there's definitely a lot more pharmacists realizing that we have so much more potential and areas that we could focus on helping our patients so 
it's not yeah. always in the typical settings like retail and hospital and like the ones that were very commonly used to. I so yeah, I yeah. saw that article too, and it made me so angry too because <laughs> we have I, there was a time where you <laughs> couldn't get a job. It was like waitlisting for retail pharmacy. Now you know what it is. It's not that there aren't enough pharmacists. They they just don't want to work under those kinds of conditions until they change the conditions of yeah. retail pharmacy. Mm-hmm. You know, and the pay hasn't gone up since I graduated. I've seen it going down since I've graduated in like 08, you know, and, and no one wants to deal with it anymore. <laughs> you know, I mean, it definitely does make a very interesting topic of discussion, but mm-hmm. I think there's a lot yeah. more education base that has to come out from it. And more of like shining the light in the public because not everyone is familiar with that. They just see one thing and they see all the stores closing. They see the long lines like, oh, there's a pharmacist shortage. So it's very um, misleading. So Mm -hmm. I understand where the public would get this information, but we definitely need to build our platform and just understand and recognize the other pharmacists out there who are doing so many amazing things and able to own their space and creating so many opportunities that we never thought existed. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I know that you also, you're, you're focused on holistic medicine mm-hmm. and functional medicine. Mm-hmm. Explain to me what your version of functional medicine is, because I've seen this everywhere. And I, you know, I feel like there's so many different areas of functional medicine. So mm-hmm. what is it? What is it exactly? <laughs> if you can clarify oh, for you know, our every, listeners. Like you said, everyone's definition is very different. You're, there's no true school of functional medicine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it gets lost in the definition and no one really wants to touch it because of the ambiguities of it. So it it is often left to misinterpretations and up to one's interpretation of it. So my particular way I would define it is finding the root cause of the medicine, I'm sorry, the root cause of the illness Mm -hmm. and treating that without just throwing medicine onto everything. Like just, oh, this is going on. Let's find the medicine pill for this. So let's find something to throw on or just add to your your regimen. So that would be my basic under definition. So finding the root cause and treating it. And yeah, getting, and I know a lot of people are like gut health. That's a big one, yes. you know, but yeah. And okay. gut health is very, very big. Like that surprisingly mm-hmm. stems and roots from all things. I believe that once you have that under control, a lot of ailments and problems would definitely be under control or health. definitely under control there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so interesting. So I know that you mentioned um, your book earlier. Tell me about your book. So the book came about, um, one of my other friends, who's also a pharmacist, and she did the PGX Academy as well, she wrote a children's book. And when she mentioned it to me, I thought it was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Like, so like, that's so different. Like, you're writing a children's book and you're a pharmacist. Yeah. And her topic was on like healthcare heroes, and it was around the time of COVID. So it mm-hmm. was definitely nice to see that and see her work in a project. And, you know, the wheels are starting to turn, of course. And uh, I mentioned it to the kids and I said, guys, my friend just, you know, did a children's book and they loved the idea. And once I saw how excited they were, they were like the inspiration behind all this. It started off last year, December. And I remember mentioning it to them and I saw the excitement. And it was around Christmas when I told them that I'm going to gift you guys this and we're going to work on it. 
and we're going to build it from then. So I said it. So once I said it, I have to get it done because it's out there now. It's in the universe. I said it. And I'm not joking. From the time I mentioned it from December all the way to right now in March, it it just completed itself. I just made sure that I had to work on it, get everything formatted from the storyline, from the illustrations, from the print, publishing, everything. Yeah. I made sure we put all of our energy into getting this completed. And I think it's turned out pretty cool. It's like, you know, bright, colorful illustrations. And the fun thing is that it explains PGX in very simple terms where children and adults could understand it because if that's so cool, we could understand it. I mean, anyone could understand it. So I kept it very simple to a fact where kids could understand the concepts of it. They're not going to go into like very in detail stuff with, um, the cytochrome P450 and all mm. that. It just briefly touches on genetics and yes. understanding that we're all individualized and we're all different and we're going to respond to medicine differently. And that's the basic concept of the book. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Now, did you um, publish it on Amazon? I did. Self-publishing. Awesome. It's the It's so simple. And surprisingly I was able to like get so much help from like Amazon itself like if I had a question you just reach out to them and they're so helpful in the whole process and we were mentioning before too like Fiverr was another great help Mm -hmm. there's so many independent contractors out there like people looking to do gigs or have such amazing talent you just have to find the right person click and explain your vision and idea and go from there that's how I found my illustrator Oh, I was going to ask you that. How did you get the illustrations? That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not a drawer. So ah. I, help there. No, I think it's great. You could share with your kids, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and when is that coming out? So it's on pre-order. Okay. Um, I started off on, I kept it for one month of pre-order from February 20th and available for sale on March 20th. So it's going to be available for purchase, paperback, hardcover, ebook, um, electronic after March 20th. Awesome. And we'll put that in the show notes too for our listeners that are interested. I think it's such a great idea. Love that. (laughs) So not to get a little, you know, super personal, but you have five children, you said. Yes. So I'm an only is, child. Oh, okay. What is your, so what was, what is your secret to bouncing back as a woman, your body's going through all these changes, sexually feeling different, hormonally feeling different. What, how, what are your, what do you recommend? How did you do it? That's a lot well, of children. <laughs> always hear of like postpartum depression and you hear of like these common things that women go through and you don't really understand it. I mean, you do understand what it is, but going through it and knowing how your hormonal changes have to get it readjusted after giving birth and having a Mm -hmm. child, it definitely exists. Like there's so many mood changes or fluctuations that you have to go through. Mm. And the, you know, I saw something, um, I read something where everyone is so excited to see the baby. Everyone's so happy. The baby's there healthy. That's all you want when you have a child, but yeah things you have to focus on or just remember the mom the mom is went went through so much of a change and drastic um life-changing and life bearing and um, birthing a child that you have to make sure mom is okay and focusing on getting mom back 
to be state before. So that's definitely, you have to take time out of your schedule and take time to just rejuvenate yourself. And it, there's nothing wrong with that. Self-care is definitely something that's important. And that's nothing that anyone should feel guilty about doing. So it's, yes. Thank so you so much important. for saying that because it really, really is. It really it is. And, you know, even if it's like quiet time or just by yourself, you know, give the baby to mom or your husband or someone caregiver to hold. Mm -hmm. So you can just have a little quiet time. It doesn't have to be long, maybe about half an hour or 10 minutes. You just need some time to just de-stress, just gather yourself and just be, just focus on yourself. Even that warm shower. That was one of the things I used to look forward to, like after the um, oh having, yeah like the warm shower was the my luxury moment so I would enjoy <laughs> like, the warm showers and surprisingly getting back into your mood exercise was definitely one mm -hmm. of the biggest you just all the energy and the tension you would just whenever you would safe to exercise after um having babies it was just that was just the you know, great stress reducer for sure yeah. I mean, they definitely need to do more mental health checks with women who've had given birth, not just the OBGYN. The regular checklist. Yeah. And just answer these questions. And then you feel a little awkward to sometimes putting down that you have certain thoughts, but yep. just listen, just listening, having a person there just to talk to you, just, to, you know, having a friend over, just doing laundry or anything that you could do to help out would definitely be so supportive in helping um, mom get back to. Yeah. Almost, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I know. I agree. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, I always like to do this at during my episodes. I do a top three, but I was trying to figure out what uh -huh. to ask you for your top three. I guess uh -huh. it would be what are your top three tips for as a holistic pharmacist? Um, it can be to patients or 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 other pharmacists, healthcare providers, as far as what what you liked, maybe a products you like to recommend or mm -hmm. lifestyle, you know? Yes, I would definitely say advice wise, ask questions, never be okay with just what someone uh, as a healthcare professional or provider gives you taking that information, um, let it be under, take it in, be receptive but ask questions that way you're comfortable understanding how your health is going to be affected because mm -hmm. you understand how you're going to process certain things that you're going to be doing to help your, to help get yourself better. If you're understanding what you're doing and why you're doing it, it's going to work a whole, a lot differently. It's going to be successful. So not just blindly doing something just because someone tells you to do it, understand why you're doing something and patient advocacy is one of the most important things I see that's missing so much and it's harder nowadays especially with our older generation because they're so trusting of um mm -hmm. their healthcare professionals and that's that's fine to be trusting but you know just understand that it's okay to ask questions it's okay to understand why certain things are being done why tests are being ordered like why are you given this medication why not another one and I mean, to a point where it's understandable, but not confusing to a patient. So finding that right balance and having that connection and understanding how each person thinks it's a, it's a very, 
it's a very touchy area to dive into because it's not easy to do in the common settings. You're not able yeah. to do through a drive-through window or the five-minute conversation you could. So I I feel like when you're able to have these type of connections, you gain their trust. And I have many of my patients all the way back from New York. I still have, I'm still connected. Somehow they we all find each other or we find oh, someone. I love that. And it, it's really sweet because you go through life and you think that you left an impression in someone and knowing that your what you said to them makes an impact in your life. That means so much as a healthcare professional. And it, it's really an honor to be able to help patients in that way, for sure. Oh, I love that. That's great. And what a great message. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So as far as everyone finding you, um, social media website, how to get in touch with you. So I am on, I have my website, pharmaceut.com and I'm on all social media platforms. I have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, surprisingly TikTok too, which is pretty cool. It's not only for the young young ones. I have um, LinkedIn professionals. I highly recommend professionals like, or even anyone just starting their career, go on LinkedIn because you'll find so many valuable resources there. Isn't and, it great? It's like the Facebook for professionals, basically. I love it. It's great. And, I found you. <laughs> like you just, you honestly could just reach out to anyone and ask them a question and they'll give you their honest feedback or help. And surprisingly, like, or not surprisingly, like people are very helpful. If you're honest and true to what you're looking for, they'll be willing to help you and getting you to what you're, what you're trying to build or trying to like come up with or ideas. So it's definitely been a game changer. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I know. It's great. It's really built up a lot too. Yes. For sure. Like so many different outlets that you could go through and like it's it's constantly changing and growing yeah mm-hmm. and then your instagram pharmaceutical i love the name too it's so, it's so easy and it's fun <laughs> i love the um the pun it was well that was a late night um i figured that one out so i'm like i'm gonna go with it it sounds very very corny but it works and everyone remembers it no <laughs> oh, i love it that's great and then Thank your book comes out the 20th 20th of, of March. March. Okay. Yeah. The and they can get that on Amazon. Yes. And so with that, um, someone was asking me too, like, is that the end of it? Or like, are you going to think about doing something else? Is this the end of the writing mm. error? So I, I'm considering maybe doing like a series where yeah. I do topics and why not explain other very, very harder topics in a simple way. So that's in the works. We'll see where that gets. Yeah. And it's called the far the farm heroes. The pharma heroes. Pharma heroes, love it. Yeah, great. Heroes, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Doctor Sue, for being on here. It was really great talking with you, and I hope our listeners gained a little bit more knowledge after today's episode. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. Great, thank you. 